Hi, welcome to the Leadership Pathway podcast. This is Sean Badir. I'm sitting here with Dave and Kristen Miller, the co-founders of LP. Nice. Yeah, good to have you. And Brittany Krimmel. Hi, guys. Brittany, this is awesome. Brittany, we we met at a Hacienda Colorado. We did. When you were looking for a college to go to, and I was working for a college. You yeah. were like 12. That was a long time <laughs> <laughs> no, Such a I was 12. Yes. <laughs> that that is an accurate detail. We weren't that on the recruiting ball. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. We were a little further behind than that. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, you, you've been doing ministry for a long time now. It feels like it, yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> Brittany was doing ministry before she was doing ministry. It's true. She was one of those super volunteer pastor kids, mm. as I recall. Yeah. The stories. Yeah. It's true. Okay, so I'm not going to tell your story for you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how it all began with your journey into ministry. Like, when did you decide this is what I want to do? Yeah. And what was the first step you took in that journey? Sure. Um, so like you said, I'm a pastor's kid. And um, that kind of got my start early on into church life, just being at church all the time and then serving on teams and kids and then on worship and production teams and then on our worship team singing. And then I was like, you know, this is awesome. This is so much fun. I don't want to work for church. And then like everybody does, we go to summer camp and then got to help somebody who went to summer camp, experienced Jesus. And they were like, they met Jesus and I got to be a part of that. And I was like, wow, life change is addicting. Let's do this forever. Mm. And then I was like, wow, you know, I have these things and I really like worship and production. Let's do this. Great. Done. Married those two together. And then I told my dad that I wanted to do that. And he was like, are you sure that's what you want to do? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes. He was like, great. And then I met all of you and you guys were like, so there's this college in Nebraska. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) sure. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, Somehow you all talked me into coming to Nebraska. Yeah. And what would have been a worse place to go to? Oh, just, let's just Iowa. Of, okay. Yeah. Right. Iowa? It's about no. the same. Is it worse? In my heart, it is. Okay. <laughs> in my heart. I, you obviously Iowa, spent some time in Nebraska. It ranks lower. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas, Iowa. Wow. It ranks a little lower. We're making all kinds of friends. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to the Midwest people. Um, but went to, went to Nebraska, spent some time there. Um, and then... Did residency. Okay, so you you spent two years mm-hmm. on the campus. Junior year, you're off. Yep. Where'd you go? Went to Maryland. Went to a church outside Baltimore um, and did a residency for a year and a half out there before getting hired. You know, I there. think when, I'm going to go back. Can I go back? Yeah. Rewind. The thing about <laughs> Brittany that I've always appreciated, and it, it just made sense to me, she has said often... In a variety of situations, meeting Jesus. She used that term, helping people meet Jesus. And then to think that it you tie that back to that summer camp experience. That's pretty cool. It is cool. And a lot of people don't talk that way. No. A lot of people talk about, and I don't talk that way often. They talk about ministry or the work of it or the thing. But Brittany has always talked about, in, in just like a text or a casual conversation it comes out, helping people meet Jesus. Yeah, because fundamentally at the core, that's why you do what you do, right? That's yeah. kind of yeah. it. Anyway, all right, back to the story now. That's good. I just had to throw that in. No, I like that. Off to Baltimore. No, that's a piece of calling we don't talk about very much. Well, calling, I know we did a session on calling this season. 
a mini in this mini season. I don't know about calling, man. It's just such a loaded word. I would agree with that if you want to go there. Yeah. But I think it gets really tricky. That was something I wrestled with in college was lots of people who said like, I'm oh, I'm called to be here. And it got really into this like yeah. feelings thing. Yeah. And lots of people were like, oh, I'm called to lead worship. And then they got on stage and played their guitar, did this thing. Or I'm called to lead kids ministry or whatever. And I said, well, I just feel like I'm called to help people Mm -hmm. find their way back to God in whatever that looks like. Because we also know like ministry changes. Like the only thing constant is change. Mm -hmm. So like the job I have now is probably not the job I'm going to have in five years, 10 years, 15 years. Yeah, you better hold that pretty loosely. So like I'm not going to commit to saying like my job forever is going to be leading people from a stage because I know that's probably not going to be true. Mm -hmm. But I also know like the only thing that is going to be true is helping people find their way back to God and whatever that looks like. It's just kingdom work. Mm. That's awesome. That that is so true. That's good. Yeah. So, okay. So you go to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Tell us what the first six months were like when you got there. Yeah. Well, so I when I initially started looking for a residency, our um, worship department chair, I kind of went to him and said, you know, if you were me, where would you go? Here's kind of what I want to do. I want to see I want to be somewhere where I can do worship and production together um, because I care about both those things deeply. And he said, well, I have this friend who oversees a department and she's a female, too, which is awesome. Um, And he said she oversees both those things in Baltimore. Why don't you go work for her? And I was like, great. So I do that for six months. Awesome. I get to sit in on lots of high-level leadership meetings with her, um, get to do the whole Christmas run with her. We launch a campus that fall. Christmas run. That's a pastor's kid talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been, you know, I've seen now the whole thing. The Christmas run. The Christmas run. Okay, go There's on. the whole, whole nine yards. So awesome. So first six months with her, so fun. We get to just experience so much. And I, of course, am moving from like just large churches in Omaha, which was already a jump from where I had been to now we're going to multi-site churches, which is a whole nother jump. So just a really great experience. Um, I come back from the holiday season with my family, um, meet with her and she says, you know, hey, so I have some news. Um, I was like, oh, Okay, and she goes, um, my husband's accepted a job in Chicago, and so we're moving, um, you know, in about a month, we're moving. And so I was like, oh, is this a Ruth and Naomi situation? Like, am I going with you to Chicago, or am I staying Your here? Land, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, right, my, okay, I like, do That's I also, another pastor's kid Do I also go to Chicago? Because I was like, I came for you. That's right. so. a Bible story. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no, no, you can stay here. She was like, there's um somebody that they already have picked to, you know, kind of take over the team. And as if as long as they end up taking over the team, they can kind of inherit you too. As long as you're okay with that, like you can stay or we can find somebody else to kind of take you on as a resident. And I was like, okay, great. Um, and so I kind of stay through a team transition. Um, and it's a very different leadership style and the church ends up going to like a really different, um, season for our church. So lots of rapid change, lots of leadership structure change, lots of organizational change. Um, and this happened before or after the Easter run. (laughs) During. (laughs) So we're doing Easter, like every, and everything starts changing and it was, oh, it was a whirlwind. So that was it was exciting. So, and you, yeah. 
use exciting with like an asterisk by it. Yeah, exciting. And it- As defined by, it wasn't very fun. Yeah, it was really- It all changed. Yeah, it, it all changed. Um, it was a- it was emotional. It was hard to let go of the like what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. Right. Like I thought I was going to get two years of getting to work with this phenomenal leader. And I got six months of I mean, her that's time. why you went there. You didn't yeah. start by saying there was this organization. Right. I got I wanted to work for this leader, exactly. not this church. Sure. Um, and instead, I I stayed for this church. And that was a hard like shift of like, OK, well, do I want to stay here? Yeah. Do I want to leave knowing like if I leave, it's going to be hard because then I have to start over. And then like what happens after residency and I've already put in time here and all that kind of stuff. So that that was a really hard season, but I'm glad I stayed in the end. Um, so you stayed. Yeah. Then what happened? Um, so everything changed. Uh, we went through a lot of leadership changes give us some words like it changed from if single words if you can it was it used to be this and now it's what what give us some idea of what you mean yeah um so very central driven okay. to very campus driven okay um and so anybody that has done multi-site ministry knows if when you make that jump it's it yeah. can be very, yeah, chaos yeah. is great. Yeah. Jarring can be great. People that have been there for a long time, to that can be very hard. People that can be there for a little time, Did it like affect me. you personally, or was it all collateral? You're looking around at what was going on, collateral. Personally, it was challenging because the supervisor I had oversaw us on a central team. You know, worship yeah. is a central team. And so when you go from a centralized like ministry driven thing to a campus driven thing and you're no longer centralized it goes oh like what what's our purpose now like what are we doing you know if there are pastors listening to this right now i will sell you Brittany's contact information because you're <laughs> to the highest bidder oh that's boy all, that's all i'm gonna say about that listen to her talk man it's not so the first cool. time he's offered that in this <laughs> yes <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> so good. So it wasn't fun. Was it, I'm looking for things down in the dirt a little more. Like it was fun, and now it's not fun. Yeah, it's also it was stressful. It was more stressful. Very stressful. Very. Um, you start to see people's true personalities and colors come out in times of tension, mm -hmm. and you start to see pe their leadership capacity come out as well. Okay. Um, and realize like when people make the jump from leading themselves to leading volunteers to leading leaders, like not everybody can make every pivot of sure. that um, transition well. And so knowing kind of what's people's capacities and how can we set them up best? Because as we were making transitions and organizational shifts, not everybody was in the best place. Mm -hmm. And in the years to come, because I stayed after I was a resident and on staff, I, I watched how people that were put in changes there not set up for the best place mm -hmm. later. And so it was interesting. And of course, I got more time to see that play out. Um, it was interesting to watch just all of that. So month seven, it started. Month seven through? I mean, year three. It was still? I I was still watching the effects of what 
had happened. Because wow. you, you took a job following your residency. Right. Yeah. What What was that? Um, so I got hired on as our programming director on the central team, mm-hmm. which is, again, hard when you go from centralized ministry to yeah. campus-driven yeah. ministry. Um, and we also are the person who took over for my initial boss. So boss two, um, they we changed ministry leadership again. So for those keeping score, that's three bosses in three years for this team, um, which was, I think, really emotionally draining for our team. Um, I, so like Dave mentioned, I'm at Saddleback now. Um, and by the time I left this church in Baltimore, almost everybody on the team, like I left with an entirely different team than I had started. How with. many, how many people was that you mentioned that team? Uh, 14, 15 people, 15 turnovers. Yeah. It's a lot. So it, and that was, that was hard. Watch a lot of friends leave mm-hmm. and some people like you watch people retire and you go totally makes sense. Right. You watch people have kids totally makes sense. But some people, for really hard reasons that you just go like, oh, man, I wish things were different for you. I wish this was different. Um, so that's really challenging. And it's it's challenging to watch leaders change. Um, and also just a good reminder that nobody's worth the mission. Um, Wait, nobody's worth the mission. Yeah. Tell us what that yeah. means. Yeah, what does that mean? Just a good reminder that I think sometimes we we think the church owes us things. Mm-hmm. We think that like we've put our lives into this. We all everybody sitting at this table has committed their entire life to ministry, to church work. We've committed hours upon hours into this thing. And sometimes it can be easy to think like this organization owes me this or you should level me up because this or whatever. And I think it gets really easy or we can get arrogant or prideful or whatever and start to think like you owe me this or negative things can start to creep in and corrupt. And then we just allow people to start to disrupt the mission and then we just allow them there because because why like oh well they've been here for 10 years or oh because they're so and so's son or or whatever or because they just had a new baby and you go like nobody's worth the mission like we should have good leaders leading god's church like that's why you should be here when did you learn that lesson in the in the journey when was that like the big thing for you the realization of like um i think multiple times that i think that was something my dad probably said to me in the last as i was watching a lot of people turn over um and getting frustrated with with that or wishing like people would stay or wishing certain people would go or whatever. I think my dad had to remind me like, nobody's worth the mission. Hmm. Like, and that's gonna be really important for you to remember in the future as you build teams and you oversee them. Like I have my own department now. Hmm. And he said, you need to really remember that 
as you build your own stuff later. Like nobody is worth it when it comes to God's mission. Um, wow. So yeah, mo- I mean, most people would not make it through yeah, that transition. Exactly. Most people did not make it through that transition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like one out of 15 yeah. made it. Yeah. So you, you stayed there. And then how long were you, were you at that church in residency, including staff time? A little over three years. Wow. Okay. So you do that. What were you set up to do because you stayed yeah. through that? It's interesting. Had you left, had you bailed versus... Yeah. What that set you up for? Yeah. So what do I get to do now? Well, because you weathered this, what what's the fruit of that for where you are now? Or maybe not the fruit. I don't know. I don't want to say. Yeah. Well, I, I think staying allowed me to um staying set me up to learn a lot of things I needed to learn. I needed to learn how to work with different personalities <laughs> in a safe space. Um and we know like residency allowed me to do a lot of things without a lot of responsibility and authority. But then staying at the church as a staff member after that allowed me to like, I already have good relational equity with almost everybody there. And so that was really good to go like, okay, great. What does it look like to work with executive teams, preaching teams, um, volunteer teams and figure out that kind of stuff and then work out how to do that stuff. And so when I got offered a job somewhere else, it was easier to make that jump. And so now I'm able to like now I'm not just a kid working somewhere. I'm an adult. I have experience. I know how to do some more things that had I been offered this job four years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for yeah. it. Yeah. You've been at Saddleback how long now? Uh, nine months. And uh, remind me, you're 30. How old are you? 24. <laughs> wow. Brittany, I want to ask real fast before we talk. 24. What was I doing? Was there... When when you went from residency to your full time job mm-hmm. at the church in Maryland, was there a, a transition to yeah, deal right. with? Um, any, I don't know. Just you, you changed your title. Yeah. Ah, you're this person. Was it like instantaneous overnight? Yeah. And like that was hard. I think um, I think that was a really hard jump because. You go from this thing of like residency where you go, okay, Brittany's going to be with us for the next year and a half, two years, whatever. And people go, great, we're glad you're here, but you're kind of this like arm's length, we're glad you're here, but only so much kind of person. Um, And so they let you into their lives, but only so far. And then you become a staff member and then people, you expect that people will like welcome you in and then people are like, uh, oh, you're here forever now? Oh, okay. And so that's like a weird shift to <laughs> yeah. make. And so it becomes this like awkward, like I've known you for year years now and now, but our relationship dynamic hasn't changed. And so that becomes this weird, like, how do I make friends now? And also then like on a professional level, people that you know, like if you were on a mentor or supervisor relationship, like some of those people you're peers now with. And like, so it's not 
you know, hey, you're helping me out. It's, hey, I need this from you and expect it by a deadline or things like that. And so getting people to take you seriously and things like that. So that's that's a challenging jump to make. Um, and you need a really strong supervisor, I think, to take you to set you up well on the front end to go like, hey, we're now going to take this resident and put them in this mm -hmm. role. Yeah. Here's what they're no longer responsible for. Here's who is going to be responsible for the, those things. Here's what this resident who is now a staff member is responsible for and what you can expect from them going forward. That's what I think would have been helpful. And we did some of that. Um, again, we were doing a lot of transition. And so not all of that was clear. But I think the more clear you can be, the kinder and f more fair and better you'll set up people. That's good. Okay, so you're you're one of the ones who made it, right? Mm -hmm. You probably have lots of friends and peers you think of who did not make it. Yeah. So if, you, so if you think about the next generation coming after you, we want to do better than one out of 15. Yeah. How, yep. how do we get there? What, what's important when you talk to a young person or when you have a young person join your team? Yeah. I, I think about this a lot, um, right? I've only been in my role for nine months and I am constantly trying to get rid of my job um, because that's how I got here in the first place. Um, only in all of my residencies and internships, it was because people made space for me to learn things and do things and like gave me a shot at producing services when I had no reason to be doing that at all. Um, and so when people are like, I'm interested in weekend services, I'm like, great. Do you want to do this? I'll teach you. It'll be awesome. Let's do it. So I think the, the biggest thing is finding people who have like a hint of it. And of course that I see in you conversation of like, I see in you greatness. Let's take this. Like the church needs better leaders. We need more people in leadership, more people in ministry across the board. God's kingdom needs better leaders. And so finding those people and then not being close-fisted with what's put in our hands and giving it away because God will put other things in our hands to do if we give it away to other people. So that abundance mentality versus scarcity mentality because God's kingdom is abundant. So that's, that's, great. that's what I would say. It's awesome. I love that. This is great. Brittany, thank you. Thanks for sharing your story today, for being with us. It was great. Thanks, guys.